Hi, Jax. Hey, Jax. Hello, Jax. Hey, Jax, I have a question for you. And I'm just wondering about... I wanted to ask you about... Uh, I have a question for you. I have a question about the history of porn. Hey, Jax here. How are you today? I hope this podcast is finding you well and you are wrapped up nice and cozy and warm because it is pretty cold and wet and grim out here on the west coast. The clocks went back on Saturday night and oh my gosh it's already affecting me. So much more vitamin D is now being taken every morning and not that vitamin D although that's fun too. Um, But (laughs) gosh what a childish joke. I'm sorry I've lost my train of thought now. My point as I'm getting older is that the seasons really do affect me and how I choose to relate to people and my life. And we are coming into cozy season. There's a little bit more red wine in my life or some nice scotch. The fireplace is on. There are 90s action movies or Canucks games on my TV. I'm cozied up on the couch. I'm making soups and stews. I'm wearing those more comfortable clothes. And I'm wanting to spend time with the people that I love. And as I've gotten older, I've realized it is totally okay to move with the seasons. This really can happen in all aspects of life. I notice it happens with how I work out. There are certain workouts that I love to do in the spring and summer that come fall and winter. It's just not quite what I'm feeling. My energy levels change. Sometimes things feel more exciting. Sometimes things feel a little bit harder. And that's okay. And I really notice it within relationships as well. We are in cuffing season, the season where we... uh, like to lock someone in for the snuggles and all the cozy time together. But I can see why it's nice to have someone there when things feel a bit dark and bleak and cold. Having a nice warm body who hopefully treats you well and is very fun and kind and giving is a great place to be. I wanted to keep the intro short this week and instead you've just got to ramble about me enjoying getting tipsy by a fireplace. But that's pretty much who I am and what I do. Thanks for joining me. I've got a couple of wonderful questions coming up. If you have a question for me, you know what to do. You can go to the website thornyissues.ca and submit the question there. I always love hearing from you. Now, settle down, enjoy today's show, and let me know what you think. All right, I'll see you on the other side. Enjoy! Hey, Jax. I've been with my partner for six months, and in so many ways, we are perfect together. We talk honestly and deeply about everything, and the sex is unlike anything I've had. When we met, we both didn't want anything serious, but that has changed. After three months, we said I love you, and we've talked about moving in together at some point. There is one issue, though, that we can't get over. She gets jealous. She told me when we first met that it was something that has ruined past relationships and she is working on it in therapy. When she told me, I admired how upfront she was and how she owned it, but now the jealousy is affecting us. I'm very close with my ex. We were together for a year, six years ago. So the friendship has lasted way longer than the relationship. However, my current partner is very threatened by her. They've met a couple of times and my ex made a big effort But my girlfriend was so awkward and, quite frankly, rude. It's my ex's 40th birthday, and she wants a small group of us to go away for the weekend, but my girlfriend doesn't want me to go. She says that she should not be expected to be okay with this, but 
I don't understand it. I will be there with a whole group of friends, including my ex's now partner of two years, and there is absolutely nothing sexual between me and my ex. I feel like I'm being asked to choose between my girlfriend and my best friend, and I don't know what to do. Hey, thank you so much for the question. I will be honest, I had to take a deep breath with this question, and I've listened to it a few times, because I have some bias here, and I thought I'd just get that out into the open with you all before answering this question, and I'm going to try and put it aside, but it's important. I have a lot of friends. I'm incredibly lucky. I've worked very hard on these friendships. Some of these friendships are with guys. And I have been the friend in the situation that you were describing. Not so much that I've dated them and then we've stayed friends, but I can count more than one guy who I was incredibly close with and we were really good friends and then they got into relationships. And within a year of being in those relationships, these guys were no longer my friends. I never really saw them again. Their partners were jealous of the connection. I know a lot of people don't think that men and women can be friends. I would like to say men and women definitely can be friends. Some of my best friends are guys. I don't want to fuck them, but they're wonderful, wonderful people in my life. And I hope that they think that about me too. So I just wanted to put that bias out there (laughs) before... I sort of delve into answering the question because I try really hard with this podcast not to be judgmental or to lay out all sorts of options but this is one that I'll be honest kind of hit me a bit my instant reaction was get the fuck out of that relationship don't drop your friend and we can tell that that is an instant knee-jerk reaction from a friend who has been dropped before Now, my friends are my greatest joy and my favorite love affair. And I think that's important. You cannot look to your partner to be everything because if they let you down on any of those aspects, you're going to feel really hurt. There's sort of that pedestal effect. So I'm of the belief that one person can never do enough for you. But you've met this woman who within six months, you've gone from like having casual sex in a casual relationship to being in love and talking about moving in together, which is wonderful. I'm going to say, this isn't your question, but don't move in together yet. The honeymoon period is a real thing and is incredibly powerful. And we have all of these emotions and hormones that draw us to someone. And we just want to be around them all the time. And we think everything that they do is fantastic. And they are the funniest and the sexiest and the most brilliant and the smartest. And everything that we've looked for, they are. And they fit into that. And then sort of nine to 12 months in, sometimes a honeymoon period can last up to two years you start to sort of take those rose-tinted glasses off and have a moment of being like oh okay no you're a human you're fallible because we all are none of us are perfect however much we want to be and so a lot of people make quick decisions when they first meet someone and they're like wow I've got all these feelings are they love are they lust what are they but I want to be around you all the time and those are wonderful and I fucking love the honeymoon period I think it is great but it's not necessarily real or what the reality will be in the future the reason I bring this up is I think that you need to be careful about the decision you make about your best friend's birthday coming up hopefully you and your girlfriend can work all of this out we'll get to some ways you could do that and you'll be together forever and she'll make you really happy but this is a friend who has been in your life for the last six years who you really care about and she clearly cares about you a lot to have you invited to her intimate 40th birthday away that means a handful of friends that means people who are most important to her if you can go and support her in that friendship it'll mean a lot to her Okay, those are my trigger responses done. Let's put my much more sensible Jack's advice hat on now. 
Jealousy. Jealousy is a common emotion. We all feel it in different ways. And I completely commend your girlfriend for being so open with you about jealousy affecting her past relationships. And a little bit of jealousy can be incredibly healthy in a relationship. It shows you care. Jealousy is a protective emotion. It comes up when we perceive a threat. It can be destructive and it can be a relationship killer. So I love that she's been open. Although one thing she hasn't said, or at least you haven't said, is was there reason for that jealousy? Has a past partner cheated on her? Has she been abandoned? Have there been situations that can legitimize this emotion that she has? Or is she just perceiving there could be a threat and then just holding on a little bit too tight? One thing that jealousy does is it convinces us that we're in an emergency. My advice to her, if she was listening, is to slow down and take a deep breath. There are ways that you can help her work through this jealousy for you to be supportive and for you not to give up on things that are important to you. I will warn you, this is hard work. These are big, strong emotions. They keep us in a fight or flight state. It can be really hard when we're feeling an emotion like jealousy to think rationally. But there are ways to cope and deal with it. And you say she's in therapy, so hopefully she is working through some of these ways to cope and deal with it with her therapist. And there are ways for it to not cause so many problems within your relationship. And I do hope that she is taking some personal responsibility for these. So things you can do to help your partner. Talk about the emotion without any blame. And what I mean here is have conversations about the emotion jealousy on a more meta level. Take this scenario with going away for your friend's birthday out of it. As soon as we put it into context in a relationship scenario, she might feel that you're pointing the finger, you're blaming her. So step back and see the emotion. This might sound a bit silly, but the way you can do this is bring it up perhaps when you're watching a movie. Quick hint for you, every rom-com is basically a jealousy mindfuck. Put on a rom-com, watch a scene that you can really see a character's getting jealous or upset, and then maybe pause it and talk about it. What feelings are coming up for her? Which character on the screen does she actually relate with? Maybe this can start to give you a handle on how big these feelings are, what some of her triggers might be, and also what you think about these feelings. Do you brush it off? Can you actually see the point that someone is saying? Talk about that. Talk about it really just as an emotion, not as the emotion that you two are currently dealing with within this scenario. Once you feel comfortable with that, the next thing to do, which takes a little bit of bravery, but we're all putting on our big boy pants here, is do you have a scenario or a situation in your past relationships where jealousy has come up? Can you talk about that, how it has gone in the past and how you handled it? Some jealousy is totally fine in a relationship. It is a natural, natural feeling. It's just when the jealousy becomes all-consuming, it can really kind of take over every thought that we have. We can start to throw blame. We start pulling people closer. And really, by doing that, we're pushing them away. So give some insight into your life if you can, if you're okay being this vulnerable. And this then gives you an opportunity to get to know your partner better and her responses and let her know you better too and how you respond to certain situations. Your feelings will differ because you have a very jealous partner. Your reaction to things will probably never be quite as dramatic as hers are right now. That doesn't mean one is wrong and one is right. It just means that they're different. 
could you go see her counsellor or find a couple's counsellor together that can help you process these emotions and her reactions and your reactions? Having guidance from a licensed professional could be really helpful in this situation. Also, ask her what tools she and her counsellor have come up with to work practically on her jealousy from previous relationships. She's been upfront about these feelings, which is one thing, but she can't just throw them on you without working on a solution together. I also wonder with this, if she wants to work on a solution, going to therapy means she does, but it doesn't sound like she's really pulling it into practice with you. A huge red flag that jumped out at me was her saying to you that she shouldn't be expected to be okay with this. My brain almost exploded. I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) This makes zero sense to me. She's basically saying that you shouldn't be able to go away with your friend without knowing that you're hurting her. There is so much emotive language and weaponizing of this situation that sat so badly with me. It's manipulation. It's a painful thing to hear. She's trying to make you change your behavior. And while I think it is incredibly important in a relationship to be accommodating, asking a partner to change their behavior rarely works. People don't change so dramatically. And if you do, if you don't go on this trip, it's likely she might double down next time, want more control and more control because she's not getting a handle on her emotions. You should have the freedom to meet up with who you want. But I'm hoping that through talking these things through with her and going to therapy with her, she can start to feel that you're supporting her. You have her back in this situation. And on that thought, having her back in this situation, have you asked her what would help her to feel reassured? What will support her to feel connected with you without feeling like it's a burden on you? Whilst you go on this trip, is messaging each other once a day or twice a day, say in the morning, in the evening? Is that enough to help her feel that you've not abandoned her and to alleviate these feelings of jealousy? See if you can come to an agreement that works for both of you that neither of you will feel resentful about so that you can go on this trip. Your girlfriend is not a bad person for feeling jealous, but it does sound like there are some some fears here that she's sort of started to work through, but she's not quite got a handle on. This is a lot. What I'm suggesting here, these are big conversations. You're, you're hitting some big emotions. Jealousy is a tricky one. It can really flare a lot of stuff up within us. So I'm going to loop back around at the end to say again that six months is relatively new and your relationship has clearly changed. And it sounds awesome. It sounds like a lot of your relationship is great. And I'm so happy for you for that. Are you checking in and discussing what you want from this and where you want it to go? If you're going to a 40th birthday, I'm kind of assuming that you're probably of a similar age. Are you wanting kids? Does she want kids? Is she someone you would want to have kids with? Are you looking for a life partner? This started casually. Is that actually something that you would prefer? I think it's important to check in in all sorts of relationships from time to time as to what you're looking for and where you're going together so you can make sure that you're on the same road. So do that. Have a check-in on a bigger scale, but don't lose your friends to a six-month relationship. If you both want your relationship to succeed, it's important that you both feel empowered to make your own choices and your own decisions about your life, respecting each other's decisions and choices and taking care of the relationship in that moment. Good luck. Go on the trip.
Jax, I have a question for you. I'm in my late 20s and I've been with my boyfriend now for about eight months. Our relationship is great, except for our sex life. I don't think he is physically attracted to me anymore. The first time he saw my vulva, he commented that he hadn't seen one like it before. And this has made me feel incredibly self-conscious. He said that it was bigger and darker than most, but I've never seen another woman's vulva. So I don't know. He says that in the past, he's been with women with neater vulvas. And I don't even know what that means. All I know is that I was absolutely mortified by this experience. He's tried to reassure me that he finds me attractive, but it's made me feel ashamed and unattractive. I don't want him to go down on me now. And this is really affecting our sex life. I'm looking for some help. Thank you. Well, I just want to come and give you a big hug and tell you that even though I have not seen your vulva, it is most definitely normal. And I'm kind of frustrated and mad at your boyfriend. He's just found another way in a long, long list of ways to be body shamed. But it kind of sounds like it was a throwaway comment. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt there. Although sometimes I find those comments are the worst and they get into our heads and they just needle away and worm their way in. And I can see how this is getting to you when you're trying to have sex. If that's what you're thinking when you guys are trying to have sex, no wonder it's affecting your sex life. You want to feel comfortable in your skin when you're getting to share this with him. Not so nervous that he's going to see something that he doesn't like. And I would put money on the fact that He does like it and he does like fucking you. If this happened the first time that you had sex and you've been together for eight months, I'm hoping you've had sex again. I just would like you to have good, confident, happy, wonderful, orgasmically brilliant sex. Vulvas come in so many shapes and sizes and colors. It is totally normal for the skin of your vulva to be a darker color than your skin tone or to be a slightly different color altogether. Some people's labias are sort of quite out there and pronounced with quite big lips. Some are not and you don't really see them at all. Everyone is valid. Everyone is fantastic. And I'm sure yours is beautiful. It's yours. As people with vulvas, we don't see them as much as men see dicks. They're more hidden away. They're sort of tucked underneath. I was thinking about this in the changing room concept. Lots of men, at least from what I've heard, just sort of parade around a changing room naked. They all know what their bodies look like. They know that a flaccid dick has no relevance to a hard dick. Some are growers, some are showers, but they're just sort of there. They see all sorts of bodies. But when I go into a female changing room, so many of us are doing that really fucking awkward towel dance, trying to slide into our underwear under a towel so nobody sees any glimpse of us naked. We're not flaunting our bodies. We don't want people to think that. We don't want people to think we're comfortable in our own skin. So instead, we sort of cover up. And not that you would be in there checking out someone's vulva. You'd need to be pretty close to them to do that. But I just think there's this whole shame around what we have and is mine the same as someone else's because they just aren't seen as often. Except in one place which is porn. So let's talk about porn for a minute. Porn stars are professionals. They get paid to look good. It pays their bills. I'd put money on the comment that your boyfriend said coming from the small amount of vulvas that he has seen in porn. There is so little diversity, at least in the most accessible mainstream porn. Performers are commonly waxed, moisturized, bleached, 
tweezed to perfection. Everything is perfect. This is a fantasy. That's what they are creating, but it creates a really narrow vision of what the perfect aesthetic is. And if you don't get to look at vulvas very often, you think that that is the norm. Many porn stars have had labiaplasty, which is a cosmetic surgery that reduces the size of their labia. What he's looking at is fabricated. It's not real. And he is lucky enough to get to be up close and personal with yours. And I hope he learns to appreciate that. But before he learns to appreciate it, I want you to learn to appreciate it. This might make you feel a bit uncomfortable to start with, but you need to get to know your vulva your labia. Sit in front of a mirror, check it out, see how it looks, be curious. This doesn't have to be a sexual thing, this can be a genuine curiosity thing. Just look at your body, see what's down there, how does it look? Get to know it. Initially you might think, oh that looks a bit weird, and you might think, oh do you know what, I can see some beauty in that, or you can be totally neutral about it, but get to know what it looks like. And once you feel comfortable, my next suggestion would say masturbate in front of a mirror. Does it change when you stimulate it, when there's blood flowing to the area? Really learn to get comfortable in your own skin. This is yours. This is an area of pleasure for you. Enjoy it and know that it is totally okay that it looks different to what you see on the screen if you've ever watched porn together with your partner. If you choose to have hair down there, that is fine. It is up to you. If you want to wax, if you want to trim, if you want to go full bush, you do you with what makes you feel sexiest and happiest down there because that will make you the most confident you can be when you're connecting with your partner if you are comfortable in your skin. The next thing I would suggest you do is check out this account on Instagram. It's called The Vulva Gallery. It is a delightful page that shows so many artistic drawings of vulvas. It is great. You will be surprised at how many different versions out there there really are. The first thing that it says underneath is The Vulva Gallery, a celebration of vulva diversity. They are diverse go have a look. They're not actual photos of women with their legs open because this is a meta platform and we can't have any sort of sex education out there without being banned or anything. But they are true to form and hopefully they will make you feel more comfortable in your body and in your skin. And because it would be weird to ask your friends if you could just check out their labias, see how they're different to yours, if you felt comfortable, another step you could do is go and look at some porn. But I'm not talking sort of mainstream, the easiest porn that you can find. There are some sites out there that are made by women, that are directed by women, which might help you see different vulvas. You'll see different bodies. They really showcase the wonder of sex. Erica Lust is a filmmaker based in Barcelona. She has a site called X Confessions and it showcases many wonderful performers. It's gender inclusive, body diverse, artistically shot films, really quite beautiful. Also allows you to to see different bodies having sex. I do watch a film on there on occasion and it's beautiful watching maybe women of my body type fucking and having a great time and being pleasured and pleasuring in a way that makes me you think, do you know what? Like, I can feel sexy and I can feel good in this. So that's X Confessions. There's a couple more. There's one called Balesa. There's one called XO Afterglow. These are all female-led ethical porn sites. And now possibly the trickiest step, although I really hope it isn't, is you do need to talk to your boyfriend. You need to tell him how that comment affected you. I'm pretty sure he's going to be surprised because he's probably forgotten that he said it. 
Feel your feelings. Be honest with him. Be open. Tell him what you told me. You're worried he doesn't find you attractive anymore. And see how he responds. I'm really hopeful he's going to say the right thing. He's going to be very apologetic about his absent-minded throwaway comment. If he doesn't, get the fuck out of that relationship. You deserve so much better. But I'm really sure that it was just a throwaway. It was a painful, heartbreaking throwaway to you, but I don't think it came from any malicious space. Own those feelings. I really hope that he is kind. I really hope he feels bad that he hurt you. And like I say, if he didn't, get out. You can do so much better. So my advice to you, go get to know your body. Really get to know your body. What does it look like? Enjoy it and know that you are unique in who you are. And that is absolutely fucking beautiful. And he should be lucky if you let him go down on you. That's it for another week of Thorny Issues. Thank you to both of my listeners for their questions. It's always fun to hear from you. If you have any questions for me, you know what to do. Go to the website thornyissues.ca. Click on the submit a question and you can record it right there and then. It's all anonymous. And if you don't want to have your voice on the show, but you do want to submit a question, you can also type out a question and one of my lovely friends will read it out for me. You can also record a voice note on your phone and attach that to an email. Send it to jacks at thornyissues.ca. And if you think I've given the wrong advice or I missed a point or you have a different view completely, let me know. You can send me a voice note for that too. I'll play it on the pod so people can can really hear what the community thinks. I mean, hopefully you, <laughs> you agree, but isn't that the joy of the world that we all have slightly different opinions on things? This is just how I would answer the questions. I mean, as I said this week with that first question, I felt a little defensive and reactive initially because I've been in a similar situation but from a different character's perspective did try and put that aside if you don't think I put it aside enough give me another point of view always want to hear it and thank you again for supporting the podcast it really is wonderful to have your support and to each week see the numbers grow I'm so excited that you're here on this journey speaking of growth why don't you send the podcast this week to someone someone you think you might enjoy a little bit of sex advice or just might want to listen to my delightful dulcet tones, or give the pod a five-star review. That always goes down well. And follow me on Instagram for any and all information I might have to do with sex, sex advice, sex education, and any updates that I might have on the podcast. If you like what I do and you would like to monetarily support me, you can go to coffee.com slash thorny issues. That is ko-fi.com slash thorny issues. Buy me a coffee. It'll be as if we're hanging out in person. On that note, I am going to leave you to it. Please be kind to each other. Say nice things. Tell the people that you love you love them. We definitely don't say that enough. Be good and have fun. Bye.